three, two, one. Welcome in, Husker Extra Podcast. If you have noticed, that's Parker Gabriel counting us in this week and not Stephen M. Sipple, who's uh, unavoidably detained. He's not in jail or anything. I know that's what a lot of you are probably thinking, but he's out of the officer for a couple of weeks. So it's it's Parker and I. I'm on my cell phone uh, in Sipple's office right now because Sipple while the, somehow while the columnists away. Yeah, casual play. That's I was right. going to bring my laptop in here. If he somehow has a different, completely different hookup for his laptop than what I have. It's like the old, like the old USB or not, U, not even USB, the, like the phone port, the, the phone, phone jack. jack internet. I don't even know. I don't even know how he, how he functions to be honest with you, but that's, that's nothing new. Um, I'm, I'm, he's got an internet connection, which I mean, you know, you know what he does have that. I don't know if he knows how it works or how it got set up, but he knows he has to plug one cord into the laptop <laughs> and that's enough. So yeah. yeah, it's uh it's two twenty six here on a Thursday afternoon. We're going a little early this week. Uh, why not? We'll give you guys a little treat, a little Thursday afternoon treat. That's it's right. summer. We can do whatever we want. There's no rules. We're still a month away. Or, well, we're about two months away from from well, not from practice starting, I guess. Like a yeah, month. Yeah, we're like a, a month, month from camp starting plus a couple days, and then God, two months from two months two from months the game from right now. It'll be game week, so. Two months from right now, it'll be game week. My opponent, Scott of Illinois, will be in the paper. Two months from today, you'll be getting ready to make the road trip. Waxing poetic about Brett Bielema. Oh, I can't wait. I'll have I'll have rented a large SUV for us to pile into yes. as we make the drive eastward. Yep. Um, and what we'll be in the River Mirror at least momentarily. At that point, we'll be recruiting in the month of June. That's called a segue, kids. Uh, Nebraska's obviously had a big month recruiting uh, football-wise. A uh, bunch of camps, a bunch of commits, a little bit of everything uh, so far. And yeah. it's not quite over yet. There's still obviously a week uh, to go before the staff kind of scatters and gets their vacation in and all that sort of stuff uh, before they reconvene at the end of the month and get ready to, to start camp. So we're just kind of going to run through the guys that have committed uh, the, the month overall. Obviously, Parker's been on top of this uh, from the beginning. We'll also recap a little Dominic Riola, or not. <laughs> I already got his name wrong. <laughs> it's going to be he for years and kid. years around here. Yeah, yeah. Dominic's kid uh, was here, too, and is pretty good if you haven't already figured that out. So we'll talk a little bit of that, too, plus a little hoops talk. Uh, Nebraska Creighton got scheduled today. Delano Batten over at the G League camp had a nice weekend last weekend. So a little bit of everything, but we'll start with football recruiting. Um like I said, Parker's been all over it. They've uh, added a couple guys here in recent weeks uh, in multiple different positions. I guess, Parker, just kind of your overall thoughts on what you've seen and what you're expecting here over these next seven days. Yeah, well, it's been an active seven days. I think when we podcasted last week, it was on Friday, and it was right before going over to the Friday Night Lights camp. And so that, you know, that was interesting in its own right. And and we will talk about Dylan Rayola in a few minutes. Um, he's a 2024 kid. Um Nebraska picked up two commitments on Sunday, uh, you know, coming out of the weekend. The first was from Grant Page, who visited uh, earlier in the month. I think he was in that June 11th weekend. Um, and he also visited Kansas State, picked Nebraska over Kansas State and a few other schools. Um, sort of exactly what Nebraska's mold has become at wide receiver. He's 6'3 and 190 pounds. Uh, he's a really good basketball player in addition to, to having led Colorado, the state of Colorado, 
in receiving yards at the high school level each of the past two years. Obviously, shortened season last year with the pandemic, but he's a guy who Nebraska's been on sort of from the start. Um, they, they, they had a visit scheduled with him for quite a while before June rolled around and then um, got him committed. That's the second wide receiver in the class, which is sort of interesting. We can talk about that. Uh, and then later that night, Jake Applegate, who a lot of people around here are familiar with, stand out from Lincoln Southeast, uh, committed to – he could play a couple different positions in college. He's probably an outside linebacker. I know he, he met with Mike Dawson while he was on his visit. Um, they sort of see him in that, uh, that mold, and it's become a familiar one for, for kids from Lincoln Southeast. I mean, when this staff got here, um, Luke Gifford, you know, stood out in that role. Uh, Isaac Gifford is part of the two deep now, or he's pushing for a spot on the two deep as a second year freshman uh, behind Jojo Doman in a similar spot. And now uh, Jake Applegate's going to sort of slide into that same uh, type of role, obviously, you know, still a year away or at least six months away from getting to campus. But so that brought the total to, to five players out of the seven now in Nebraska's class that have committed since June 7th, I think um, Chase Androff, um, Ashton Hayes, the quarterback, Richard Torres, um, let's see, uh, Applegate, Torres. Uh, and so it's just been, it's been a busy month. Um, and it's, it could continue too. I, I don't know if there's anyone that's like imminent, um, but you've started to see this like rat, you know, the number of players committing has ratcheted up as the months gone on across the country. And I think you're going to see a rush of kids make decisions in the next couple of weeks. For instance, Jake Mykula is an offensive lineman from Colorado. He took an official visit in the middle of this week. He was on campus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And he said he's going to Duke this weekend, um, smashing five official visits into four weeks, and then said that he wants to make his decision in the next two weeks after this weekend. So take that through sort of the full first week of July, I think between now and July, let's say 10th to give it a couple days after the, the 4th of July holiday, you're going to just see a ton of kids around the country um, make their decisions. And so there could be a few more guys that, that have already visited Nebraska um, that, that make that sort of call in the next couple of weeks. It's funny because this class went from having nobody in it. And some people were getting panicked and all these things. And all of a sudden they're basically halfway to filling it uh, yeah. as you've written about, you know, only probably taking around 15 high school kids uh, in the 2022 class uh, as Scott Frost told you last week. And now they've got seven guys and all of a sudden we'll, you think, well, they're in a pretty good spot all of a sudden, at least numbers wise. So, yeah, it's it's funny how fast it moves, how a month from now, you know, maybe they've got eight, nine, ten guys committed and there's not a whole lot of work left to do on the 2022 class. So, yeah, that's 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 recruiting. Right. Like that's how yeah. that's how it goes. It's funny, too, because they've got so they've got a kid coming in. They've they've got one. It seems like around the country, for the most part, this final weekend is relatively slow in terms of visits or, or at least slower than the first couple of weeks are. Nebraska's got one guy coming in. Uh, we reported a couple of days ago, Jaden Mangum, who's a four star guy. He's a six, three, one ninety could play either side of the ball. Um Earlier on in the cycle, Nebraska was mostly recruiting him as a wide receiver. Matt Lubick was sort of leading his recruitment. Now he's hearing from defensive coaches too. And it's funny, like three weeks ago, people were asking me like, when are they ever going to get another commit? And now it's sort of like, here's a kid who, you know, rivals has in the top, you know, four-star guy. He's a, he's a 
uh, maybe just outside the top 250, same with 24-7, consensus four-star player. And, and the first thing you wonder when he confirms he's visiting is like, well, what position do they think he's going to play? Because they've already got two receivers in the class. And that's just sort of the way it goes with a smaller class. It, it's going to be interesting, Baz, because the, there's a chance. I don't know exactly when this would happen. It, it could be soon. There's, a, there's still a chance that the NCAA is going to extend the super senior rule by another year. So yeah. you're, th- this year, as we all know at this point, Ben Stilley, DeAndre, uh, or excuse me, Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, Doman, Honus, uh, those guys don't count against the 85-man roster. Well, if they extend that rule by another year, those guys, obviously, they'll have played all their eligibility and they'll be gone. But that would mean that that big junior slash senior class that Nebraska has now, the Adrian Martinez, um, Austin Allen, Vokalek, Omar Manning, you know, Bando uh, on defense, it's like DeAndre Thomas, um, all of the, none of those guys would count against the 85. Now, some of them might still leave, but if it were to happen where that, class also gets a free year where they don't count against the roster the class I mean you would go from having room for 14 or 15 to having room for a full boat just like overnight with one sort of fell swoop from the NCAA so for right now I mean for what Nebraska knows for what teams around the country know it's shaping up to be a small class all over but if the NCAA changes that rule on on how they're going to count or not count the next class against the 85 then like it would change the complexion of of the recruiting landscape around the country just like that so that would maybe mean some guys get the green light that, that don't have it now maybe some of the guys they've worked out get offers the numbers of positions change so that would be a pretty seismic uh event if it happens and you would think now Far be it for me to suggest that there would be, a, a, you know, too much logic in how these things happen. Yeah. You would think if they were going to do that, you'd want to do it with as much time left on the clock in the recruiting cycle as possible. But you would think that, yes. Who can say? But yes, who can say with yeah. the NCAA? They've got their hands full trying to scramble an NIL law together since they got shot down in, in Congress yeah, no kidding. the other day. That's a whole other discussion, though. So, yeah, you, you think, well, yeah, it might slow down in July and whatnot. It might just be getting going uh, in July and even into August as, as yep. the season gets going. So, yeah, plenty to plenty to kind of watch uh, over these next couple months, as there always is in football recruiting around here. You, there's never a shortage of, of storylines or anything like that. And, you know, storylines, we talk about those, and we mentioned them already. Uh, Dominic Royola's kid uh, is pretty good quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty good. In high school, uh, through the Friday night camp, Friday night lights camp, the other night, uh, I'm sure a lot of you saw the videos out there of him just dropping it in the bucket, you know, way down the field, making all the throws. Six six or six 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 three, four six three yeah six three two thirty. Uh, chip off the old block as far as dad's physique kind of goes. If you saw the yep. pictures of Dom floating around on on the internet and uh, a guy that's going to get every offer he could possibly want and. Nebraska's maybe got an ace in the hole there with a guy that's a legend at Nebraska and loves his alma mater and, and thought enough of Nebraska and thought enough of the Friday night last camp to, to come out and throw and when he didn't have to do that. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they've made the rounds. They've thrown for pretty much every, you know, powerhouse program in the country this month. And he's picked up, you know, Dylan's picked up offers already from a bunch of them. It's crazy. I mean, this sort of tells you about how college football works these days. I mean, Dylan Rayola, when you watch him throw, you got to keep some things in mind as you're, you know, and try to have a little bit of perspective on it when, when you're watching him, like, first of all, the kid's a rising sophomore in high school. Like he, he just finished his ninth grade year. Um, (laughs) And he's got, you know, three years left before he's going to play in college. Second of all, like he hasn't even started on varsity. yet. The kid that started at Burleson high uh, last year was the son of the head coach at Burleson, John Kitna, who was an NFL quarterback. Um, And that guy's off to Florida and the University of Florida. And so now Dylan Rayola is sort of set to take over at Burleson High, um, but he hasn't even played varsity football yet. And I can totally understand the people that are like, why are we talking about him then? Like, what, like yeah. what, what, what is the deal here? The kid hasn't even played varsity football in high school, let alone. But, you know, he, he goes and throws for Georgia. Georgia offers him. Washington State offers him. And then he goes on a run of four places in four days um, this past week where uh, three of them were Florida State, Nebraska, and TCU. And I don't remember the fourth off the top of my head. Uh, but, Baylor, did you say Baylor? Yeah, Baylor. Baylor, Baylor yep. Yeah. So Nebraska, Florida State, Baylor, and TCU, he goes four days in a row and gets offers from all four schools, you know, as he throws sort of in front of their coaching staff. So, uh, I mean, it's it's super interesting uh, to, you know, and, and in listening to, to Dom, who was on the radio uh, with Sipple earlier this week, it just, Nebraska is going to be in the picture. And it's sort of silly. It's in a way, it's silly to even talk about that at this point because he's so far away from, from signing. Um, but it just adds sort of like another wrinkle to the intrigue about if Nebraska is going to get it going and, and what's going to happen this fall because you can imagine with all of you, like the things you just mentioned, you know, obviously Dom's one of the best players in school history, played 14 years in the NFL, his numbers up there above North stadium. Uh, he loves it here. He loves Nebraska. He, you know, he knows and respects Scott and Matt Davison. And he talked about Joni Duff, the administrative assistant, like sort of like the ties that bind, you know, and then on top of that, you know, Tony Tuioti, uh, you, you've got the Hawaiian connection, you know, with Tuioti on staff, um, and and Dylan sort of made a mention of Tony, you know, in talking about and tweeting about coming up here, and he, you know, Tony's not from here; he didn't go to school here, but you've got that going for you. You know, Frost has had pretty. I mean, Mackenzie Milton, and I mean, obviously, Dylan's a kid from Texas; he's not from Hawaii, but. Yeah. He's got the family lineage and, and I'm sure knows what Frost, you know, did with Marcus Mariota and Mackenzie Milton. And they're, they're like all of these chips, you can, you can count all of these chips in Nebraska's favor. But at the end of the day, like if he really ascends to five-star status or he's a top 100 quarterback or whatever, like decisions, those decisions are made with your head, not your heart, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're a yeah. recruit like that. And so, it's just, it's a storyline that's going to be super interesting to watch um, almost on a daily basis from now until <laughs> for the next three years, yeah, for the next three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, Every single day. 
it's crazy. I mean, it, it's a, it's a fascinating storyline and, and it got a ton of attention this week and that's not exactly fair for a ninth grade kid, but um, it's, it's the way it's going to be with him, not just here, but, but everywhere because he's got the look and the makings early on of, of being a really special player. Yeah. It's, it's just one of the, one more thing you can kind of add to the, the layer of this season, right? Like they need yep. to, they need to win and yep. they need to win for a lot of reasons, but we need to win because there's a freshman quarterback in high school. It's going to be a sophomore that might be pretty good in three years. Yeah. That we might want to get, we might yeah. not get him if we don't win games. So yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it, you just have to laugh because it's, it's just kind of the absurdity of college football, right? Like we all love it. We all love to follow it, but man, it's, you sit there and you kind of talk through it and you realize, you know, what you're talking about a little bit, right. like kids, 14 years old, 15 yeah. years old, whatever it may be. And so, Hell, Adrian Martinez might still be here in three years if they keep passing. <laughs> It'd be a seventh-year starter. You know what's funny though, Baz? I mean, it's sort that is like it distills really clearly though, like why people are always so interested in recruiting because it's about what could be, right? Like it's just over yep. the horizon. And it was really, I mean, like sort of if you're a dreaming Nebraska fan, it's a pretty seductive picture over there last weekend with Dylan Rayola throwing the ball to Ben Bramer, who's a 2023 tight end, who's already committed to Nebraska and throwing it to Davon Hall, the kid who's the same age as Dylan and, and already, you know, is a standout type at, at Bellevue West and is pro- probably primed for a huge year this year. Like it's just, you can squint and see, uh, you know, all three guys and, and what their futures might look like. And then you also consider like, you know, Bramer's already committed here, but the other two guys could well end up somewhere else um, if they don't, if they're not fully confident in what it looks like around here over the course of time. Yeah. So this is a, and, and, a if very they, and, and you can also, yeah. And, and you can imagine too, them coming here because Nebraska did get it going kind of like, kind of like you said, you know, right. not, not that Nebraska is going to go out and win 12 games each of the next three years or anything like that. But it, if you think about them coming here, they're probably coming here because Nebraska is playing pretty good football and winning a lot right. of games. So that's the, that's the other you know kind of seductive part of it too. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And, and the, it makes it even more interesting with just the familiarity angle. Like we talked about, you know, with Dom, that clearly, clearly Dylan has a pretty good head on his shoulders. Um, and that comes from his dad, a lot of that, and his mom, you know, both high level athletes and have, having gone through that and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a deal where he, where you don't think Dylan's probably going to make a real rash decision when it comes to this, it's going to be thought out three years from now, whenever he does <laughs> commit and he's going to have a lot of good info to, to look back on certainly. Yep, it's speaking uh, of good info. Yeah, let's bring, we switch keep, to keep it rolling. You're you're on a segue. You're on a segue bender. Today. What do you got? No, what do you got? No, I, I, all I was going to say was there was <laughs> a very. I just bender. I was yeah. See, I totally ruined the segue. Uh, let's see. I'm going to put you on the spot again then to see if you can segue out of this. I, over there, you know, I was I was obviously watching the kids that were taking part in the camp, and I was I was watching Dylan and throwing to some of those guys and all that. And at one point, I was I I just happened to sort of. I saw Dom, he was out, he was on the field and he was standing there with, with Matt Davison and, and sort of a few other people and um, looking like a dude. Yeah. 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 But he was just like looking around, you know, he just was, he was looking up in the, 
he was looking up to East Stadium and he was kind of, you could tell he was just sort of taking it in. And it's cool, no matter what happens with Dylan over the course of time, like sometimes we wonder about, you know, guys coming back or their connection to the program and all that. And with Dominic, like he just played in the NFL for so long. And then he has, you know, they've got three kids and, and uh, his daughter's playing volleyball at TCU and went through the recruiting thing a couple of years ago. Dylan's obviously go, going through it now. They've been on the road constantly like that. And it's not like there's nothing wrong with, with what Dominic, at least I know of, and, and like his relationship with the program, not at all, but just like, busy guy, busy life, you know, doesn't make it back up this way all that often. So it was cool just on a random June Friday that obviously had a special meaning for the family with, with Dylan working out and all that, but it was cool to just see him down there sort of taking it in and, and getting a, you know, getting a good look at, look at uh, Memorial Stadium while he's in town. Yeah. It's, there's, there's always that side of it. That's the side we forget, right? Like, you know, Dom's a person like you and I are. Dylan's a person like you and I are. Now they're extraordinarily talented people in, in what they Unlike do. Unlike you and I, yeah, yeah. Unlike you and I, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, me for certain, but no, it's just like that's part of it, right? Yeah. That, that's part of living and part of of having a life experience is is having those moments and being able to watch your kid do that, like Dom did, and Dylan now getting a chance to maybe follow Dad's footsteps if that's something he's interested in doing. So that's the other part of it too. That's the part that always kind of interests me is that the human side of it, just, yeah. you know, why, you know, Dom looking around was Dylan, did Dylan come in and see his dad's name and go, maybe, maybe he had a moment there. We thought that was pretty cool, you know, yeah. or kind of yeah. home for him. So yeah, just super cool. It's, it's a neat story. Like you said, it'll be fun to watch uh, for the next three years. <laughs> Here's the segue for you. Here's a story to watch for Let's the next go. few weeks. Um, switching to hoops, Delano Banton. Nebraska yep. guard had a nice weekend last week at the G League Elite Camp. It was kind of an interesting story. He declared for the draft, of course, a couple of weeks ago. You know, didn't get an invite initially to the G League Camp. As a, you know, maybe worked out for a couple of teams, nothing major. But then they had a guy drop out of this G League Elite Camp, and Delano Banton got a call saying, "Hey, can you come like fill a spot on this roster?" So Banton goes, ends up having a pretty good weekend. Um, yeah. Uh, by all accounts, the best passer at, at this G League elite camp. Uh, you you kind of search the internet, you see guys that are experts in the field just rave about his feel for the game and the court vision. And it's funny because it's everything that we saw here, except it was seen like on the next stage by the scouts and the GMs and the NBA people. Like he's great feel, great court vision, innate passer, can't shoot it, <laughs> you know, so. He, I think he went 0 for 6 in the two games he played from three-point range. and But was still named, you know, one of the top performers at that camp. He didn't get an invite to the, the combine, the NBA combine this week, which probably tells you the direction this is headed as far as it comes to the decision Delano has to make. I believe July 7th is the date he has to declare whether he'll be returning to Nebraska or stay in the NBA draft. And road seems pretty clear at this point that, that he'll come back, you know, not – even though he did have a good camp, didn't get the invite to the combine and, and couldn't really test out that way. So, but still one of those deals you'll see if Nebraska keeps recruiting the type of guys they're recruiting, you're going to see this a lot more uh, from guys that Nebraska brings in. And it hasn't always been that way. Of course, we saw it with Isaiah Roby, 
couple of years ago, he obviously parlayed that into a second round draft pick. And I believe at the time became the highest paid second round player in NBA history when he was, when he finally got his contract. So you're going to start seeing that a lot more uh, just with the guys Nebraska brings in. They're going to bring in high level guys with NBA aspirations, and they're going to go try their hand at these G league camps, combines, workout for teams, whatever it may be. And they're going to get that type of feedback when they come back to Lincoln and get ready for the next season. So Nothing but a good experience, I don't think. But for Delano Banton, he knows what he has to get better at. It's, you know, we're not breaking any new ground or anything. If he's able to develop a consistent, you know, perimeter jumper, he becomes a a really dangerous player. And he's already pretty good, you know, just with the length and the size and the ability to rebound and get his hands in the passing lanes and things like that. He can already do a bunch of stuff. But there's always things you can improve on, I think, Delano got a really good look at, hey, I'm not too far away from being at the same level as a lot of these guys that are going to be pros, but I still have a ways to go if I want to get to the, if I want to be in serious consideration for what that next step may be. So he's got the, he's got the personality for it, certainly, you know, comfortable with the media and comfortable around teammates and, and very outgoing and things like that. He's got a lot of the things a lot of the intangible stuff you look for. And he also has a lot of the physical stuff you look for, but the, the physical shortcomings are, are pretty obvious. You know, when you want easy for me to say physical shortcomings, I'm a five ten dude who didn't play after high school and barely played in high school, but you know, it's, it's, it's a good way I think to kind of reinforce what, you know, maybe Fred Hoiberg has been telling you, you know, what, what the coaches, what Nate Lenzer has been telling you, those sorts of things that Nebraska say, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I get it now. I see it. I understand. So I would expect Delano's going to be back in a Nebraska uniform uh, this year. Would be very, very surprised if he stayed in the draft. And I think this weekend just kind of showed him where he needs to go and what he needs to do to, to take that next step. It's interesting because you're right. It's nothing but a good experience. You go and you get in front of NBA teams and they can tell you exactly what you need to work on. Like with, with Banton, there's an element of it that's like, of course, what they told him was, you know, you got to refine the jumper. You got to be able to, you know, knock it down consistently. So in that way, it's like, it's, there's some reinforcement there, but I do find it funny. It's like, oh, I bet he got a lot of good feedback. Like, yeah, that, yeah. It's, Hey, you're, you're really good, but you, you need to shoot it, you know, like yeah. you've got to be able to shoot it. So I'm, I don't, I mean, like I'm, I'm not an expert obviously, but, but there's a lot to like about the game. There's just the, the one big element and we'll see. I mean, you know, Fred talked about it being the first time he's really played the point and been asked to run an offense in his career. And so there's probably to the extent that they ask him to do that um, this upcoming season, I'm sure that there's some stuff that maybe you can pick up by working out with guys and, and in front of teams about the subtleties of, of, of running an offense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if he continues on that that path, he's obviously got a not, lot of natural talent, and then it's just a question of how often does he knock it down. Yeah, well, and there's two other points to this too, right? Like not every guy that's drafted in the NBA draft is drafted with the idea that he's going to become a superstar, right? right. Like you're, yeah, you're drafting absolutely. guys that are going to play roles, and Delano Ban certainly can play a role. He can rebound, he can get out and run the break, and he can find guys. It's it's really not all that different from Isaiah Roby when you, when you look at the skill set. Now, Roby's probably got the better jumper. Ban's probably a better ball handler, maybe a little bit better passer. But you look at what a guy like Isaiah Roby did this last year for the OKC Thunder, and yeah, he played on a bad team, but he put up really good numbers for a second-round draft pick, kind of getting his feet wet. 
And you can see that for Delano. You see the path there. And Delano Banton's not going to get drafted because he's going to be a surefire day one starter for an NBA team. But he's going to get drafted because he can go in and be a guy that comes off the bench and gives you rebounding, can give you length on defense, and can give you ball handling and passing. And maybe you're able to refine the shot once you get him into an NBA type setting, depending on what he does at Nebraska, should he stay at Nebraska these next couple of years. So, yeah, I think it's easy to get caught up in the, well, if you get drafted in the NBA, that means you're you're going to go in and play a bunch right away. Well, no, not necessarily. You, you might be drafted because you're going to go play a role. And it's a matter of, you know, role acceptance. We hear that all the time. Does Delano want to accept that type of role? And I would bet a lot of those guys would. You know, I, yeah. I think Delano's a guy that's really worked to, to get to where he's at. You know, he, I think he has a pretty good grasp on reality as far as things like that. So another interesting story to watch. There's going to be a lot of guys like that on this team. You know, where does Trey McGowan's fit into that yeah. this, this next year? Where does Bryce McGowan's fit into that here in a year or two, depending on how his career goes? There's a lot of different guys like that. And Nebraska's kind of got those guys in the fold now and, and are adding more and bringing guys like that in on visits. We talked about June being a big recruiting month for the football team it's been huge for nebraska basketball too just with the the high level guys they're bringing in and they kind of got one last little weekend here before that kind of dies down they start going out on the road in july um they're they're in the running for a, a guard raymond lloyd jr i believe we might have talked about this last week um who's going to commit on sun, uh saturday uh the 27th so whole other discussion, but it gives you an idea of the direction this is going. And it's, it's kind of been going that way for a while. So, yeah, super interesting to see Delano perform well there and interesting to see how he kind of comes back from that. And after he had a rough second half of the year after the COVID thing, and Fred Hoiberg was honest and, and frank about it and said the COVID shutdown affected Delano Banton maybe more than anybody else on that team. And it was pretty obvious. You know, his he had a solid beginning to the year. But he really struggled uh, over those last, whatever you want to call it, month and a half, two months, yep. you know, and, and it was pretty obvious that it did affect him. So now you got the full offseason. You've got this feedback from the G League Elite Camp. You've probably got some confidence coming out of that. And now you've got some more weapons around you from a shooting standpoint, hypothetically, that, that can make you look even better and make your job even easier where you're not being asked to take a lot of outside jumpers or, or things like that. So. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting. I'm hoping to go over there and watch a team workout here in the next couple of weeks when they get into July. So we'll maybe get a better grasp then. But yeah, pretty intriguing stuff, I think, for Delano as he comes back from this and Nebraska moves forward in summer workouts. Um, well, one you, know, you know what won't be long after the summer workouts? What's that, Parker? November 16th against Creighton. You read my mind. That's called a, that's called a segue, folks. Nebraska, Creighton. Bit of an odd, I guess you could call it odd. I don't know. They made it part of the Gavit games this year. The announcement came out today. Uh, the game is going to be November 16th. Uh, it's a Tuesday night, I believe, uh, here in Lincoln. Um, part of the Gavit games, this game's normally played in December, uh, has been pretty much throughout its history, going back to 19, I believe, 77, 78. was the first season that they started this current string of playing each other. And they played in November a handful of times, maybe three or four times since then. But it's been early December, mid-December, pretty much every year uh, since the since the 1970s. So I, it's it's unclear why they made it part of the Gavit games. I suppose it was just easy easier to do that. You already had Big East, Big Ten built in. You know, you put it there's probably TV contracts they had to fill, things like that, all that stuff. So 
game will be in Lincoln. First time it's been in Lincoln since 2018, which is kind of wild to think about. That was the game that, of course, Nebraska beat Creighton. Uh, Tim Miles kind of got under Greg McDermott's skin at the beginning, called out Greg for being out of the coach's box early in the game. Greg was barking at Tim. James Palmer came down, hit three threes in the first, like, five minutes of the game. And it's as good an atmosphere as, as PBA's had since I've been covering the team for the last five years or so. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that game looks like. You know, that's early in the year. You're probably talking about the second, third game of the year for Nebraska and for Creighton, for that matter. So, it'd be interesting to see what it looks like compared to maybe getting it played a month later. Creighton's return, replacing all five starters and a lot of their bench. They lost a lot of the Sweet 16 team. Nebraska, of course, as we've talked about, returning a bunch of stuff, a bunch of players, a bunch of pieces. So, we knew this game was going to be interesting. Now, this kind of adds another wrinkle to it, a, a random Tuesday, probably a Tuesday night. I'm, guessing uh in in downtown lincoln to see what that one looks like it's going to be that's uh that's shaping up to be a relatively sizable week in nebraska athletics you've got tuesday night uh nebraska and creighton in lincoln volleyball's at home that weekend friday saturday um and nebraska football is at, at wisconsin i think on the 20th so Ooh, there that's you a, go uh, that's going to be a busy week for the journal star sports crew it's going to be a busy couple weeks because yeah. i think we talked about it here you know from the big red blitz fred talked about doing an exhibition against the power five team they're gonna they'll have a game in the big 10 acc challenge somewhere in there it sounds like they're gonna play an sec team somewhere they got a game at can with kansas state uh, that's later on in december but yeah it's shaping up those first those last couple months of, of 2021 we're gonna be making up for lost time from last year when it comes to stuff to do and interesting stuff to watch so yeah it'll be it'll be a fun it'll be a fun stretch when we get to it no doubt about it Anything that'll else? Be really great. That'll be really great that uh, that that week's always fun. The short turnaround from the Saturday before Thanksgiving to Black Friday for for Iowa back in Lincoln. Yeah, plus hoops and yeah, it's gonna be great. As Iowa Iowa comes here this year, right? Yep. Okay. Well, that we don't have to drive to Iowa City, so there is that. The longest drive in the history of the planet. The longest five hour drive in the universe. Yeah, yep. it's rough. So, it's rough. all right, guys. We're going to wrap this baby up. Parker, anything else for the good of the cause before we shut her down? I don't think so. No. Nope. Uh, nope. All right. I don't think so. Well, maybe Sip will be back next week. Maybe not. Probably not. Who knows? We don't Probably. know where he is right now. He could be He's, anywhere in the lower 48. He could be anywhere. I think right. I think literally right now as the clock turns to 3 p.m. on Thursday, I believe he's on the radio in Omaha. Oh, well, there you go. And, so then, and, and then leaving to go to the airport in the middle of the show. That's my understanding. If you want to see a, if you want to see a performance, I would recommend Steven Sipple trying to navigate an airport by himself. Um, so we, he, he won't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.